Good morning, good morning, happy fucking Tuesday, y'all. My name is Tiffany Watts, and you are listening to Sloppy Seconds. Here, we love to talk about how sloppy and messy our lives get, and I'm talking about sloppy relationships, sloppy habits, sloppy beliefs, but really it all comes back to how we use all of that mess to inspire us to really grow and evolve and to truly upgrade our lives. So let's just get into it. Today, I have someone very close to me, my favorite person. I've talked about her on this podcast so much. My mother, Josetta motherfucking Watts. Say hello to the people, Mom. Hello, people. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mother. So, you're my mom. Your grandmother. Mm -hmm. You're a friend. Yeah. And like day to day, you've, you've, I think you've worked for the cab company, even though like you've done a lot in between there, like so many other things. Mm -hmm. You've worked as your own boss for the cab company for like a really long time. 22 years. Yeah. 22 years. (laughs) Yeah. 22 years. I was away in my mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you gotta talk up in a mic, though. You gotta speak up. Okay. So we can hear you. I'm here now. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just dive in. Tell me about and like give me some real shit. Tell me about one of the sloppiest moments in your life and how you use that to really push you to be who you are today or maybe who you're becoming wow I've had a lot a lot a lot of 56 years of sloppy moments yes (laughs) um oh my gosh which one to be honest um all of them have caused me to evolve in some way yeah um some of them have set me back um I think my biggest um, moment, the start of my biggest moment of my life was when I had to make a transition from my grandmother who was my mom to my mom who was my sister. Mm. Tell me about like kind of explain that a little bit more what that relationship between you and your grandmother and you and your mother looked like and why that was difficult. Well, my grandmother brought me home from the hospital. So, I've always known her as mama. Yeah. You know, she's always been my mom. Yeah. She, my mom, and it's right before my mom left Kansas City, um, brought me home. This is what the story they told me. Mm -hmm. She brought me home from the hospital. My mom left like a few weeks after. So, I mean, as a newborn, you don't really know much, you know. You don't know nothing. You just there. <laughs> I mean, I knew she wasn't there, uh, you know. Basically, as I got older, I knew she was my sister. So your grandma that's how told that was. You she was your sister for a long no, time. No, it's how they portrayed it. Oh, okay. 
How old was your mom when when she had you? Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. And so was she married at the time, or what did that look like? Because I know um, she got married. Really she got young married to at her. fifteen. Yeah. To a thirty-eight-year-old man. Oh. Yeah. Well, back in those days, a lot yeah. of people did that. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. My grandmother even married uh, when she was fifteen. Mm-hmm to a 38-year-old man. Like, yeah. the older men have always wanted younger women, and this is what they got. Yeah. Kids, basically. But um, I I remember her telling me, my grandmother, that, you know, she brought me home, but my mom always sent money and whatever. She needed to take care of me. But yeah. to be honest, my grandma did most of all. I never knew any of that until I was older. Yeah. They told me the stories after I was older. But um, my mom didn't come back until she was like 25. Wow. And so, like, she wasn't even present. Not really. Like, she like was in and out of town every... Of yeah. She was in it. She would come in, but then she was gone. Because my mother went to Job Corps probably 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, she was 19. So, okay, so she went to Job Corps, then right yeah. after you were born. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so back then, you had, somebody had to have custody mm-hmm. of the child because technically Job Corps is government. Yeah. You know, so it's almost like going to the armed forces and you have to sign a paper saying you will be the sole cust- the, uh, custodial cust- uh, person for this child and and so that's how it went. Mm-hmm. And then um, I spent all those years with my grandmother not really knowing. And nobody ever said, like, my aunts was my uncles. Uh, my aunts was my aunts, uh, sisters. My uncles was my brothers. And basically, I was the youngest kid in the house. Who do you know to be your dad? Was that your grandfather? Mm, never really had that. Yeah. Um, the grandfather that another thing that was portrayed that he was they weren't married but they lived together for many years mm-hmm. so we all knew him as the grandfather in our life okay. so um, but that that's a whole nother story <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had male role models my uncle um, Junior yeah. was my role model as a father. Even I though he didn't even him. live, he he didn't live with us, or mm-hmm. he didn't live in the city. He moved out of the city early on in life. Yeah. And uh, but he came every year, and I will always be the first person he come to because I was his his baby. He mm-hmm. I was at that time in my knowledge I was his only girl. Yeah. Not knowing he had grown children, he had children. In other places, yeah. I never knew, but he always told me that. Yeah. You're my baby girl. And so, and this is how, this was my only father, true father figure. Yeah. You know, that I, I looked up to. Yeah. All the other men in my life, they was just men in my life, you know. Yeah. So, really, you know, six, seven years go by, and then your mom comes back from Job Corps at that point, or was she already mm-hmm. out of Job Corps and kind of living her best life? Or? Well, she was living her best life, honey. She was getting her life <laughs> on, okay? She was doing her thing. You know, it's, but I, I remember, like, 
grandma used to have all those photo albums, and I remember going through her pictures mm-hmm. and was like, "Damn, she was like, doing the thing, you girl. Were that girl." She was a very, very, very. Well, she's still a beautiful woman. Yeah, but she was as Selfish a young, <laughs> woo, as a young woman, yeah. she was amazingly gorgeous. Yeah, you know, and um, when a person knows and they use that as the thing that they choose to get what they want. I mean, hey, it is what it is. You know, people do it. You know, but I that think, kept like you right said, there. you know, with the times too, like that was one that was one thing a woman could use to yeah. get what she wants or get what she wanted. Mm-hmm. So she came back into your life, and then what? What did that look like? It was not a happy time for me. Cause were you excited at first? And I wasn't. I wasn't. I was never excited. Because you felt like she was taking you from your mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Before, I mean. Nobody really sat me down and said, hey, okay, let's have this conversation. This is your mother. This is your, I'm your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Now you have to go live with your mother. Basically, I was just packed my stuff and took me where she wanted me. Never, mm-hmm. as a kid, you have to explain things to children. Yeah. And nobody ever said to me, this is the thing, you know. Okay. So when um, I knew it was all backwards, because even my mom, when I did find out she was my actual mother, like as a kid, yeah. um, she told me, never tell anyone. Never, ever tell anyone that I'm your mother. I'm your sister, regardless. Your mom told you that. My mom. Those was her words. Always. Yeah. Uh, and and at that point, my grandma was always my mama. Yeah. But when it got difficult, like when she didn't want me calling grandma mama, mm. then that's when hell broke loose. Yeah. That's when all the violence came. You know, that's when I was always said, she always said to me, I can't stand you. You make me sick, blah, blah, blah. Because it got to a point where I was like, that's my mama. I want to see my mama. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be where my mama is. But in my mind as a kid, that's all I knew. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, I don't want to live with you. <laughs> you know, you're not my mama. And yeah. and that, because we don't, we didn't know how to communicate. And I have to admit, there was no, um, we always talk about black people never learn how to do finances because our families don't know how to do finance. They don't teach you financial growth or any of that, wealth growth, none of that. Well, they don't teach you how to communicate either because they don't know. Their only communication was violence. Um, and so to like say, extreme, I love you. Extreme emotions. So either I'm like right. really angry or I'm like showing sure. you affection. Like right. Well, I never, I, that's something that we never. Mm, you never really got that either. Not from my mom ever. Yeah. There, there was no such thing as affection. From yeah. There was, um, it wasn't like me, how we hug and mm-hmm. hold on to each other. Well, my grandmother, you knew her affection by the things that she did. Mm-hmm. Like, my grandmother would cook. Yeah. We knew she loved us by the things that she would do. Like, yeah. And how she would verbally speak to you as well. Like, you know when she was upset. Yeah. 
Well, you also knew when she she had that emotion of love for you by her verbal expression. Yeah. And that was just something that I learned. I knew when I knew she always loved me. She always made that known to me. Yeah. You know, she kept me close to her because I was at such a distance to everybody else. So she kept me close because that was her way of protecting me. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So then where where do you feel like you, you learned that to to really tap into your affectionate side? Because you weren't like that with us. Like we were very open with love and hugs and kisses and conversation and um Is it just something that you were like, This is what I want, so I wanna do it? Yeah, like, you know, you uh and I everybody says this. I don't ever wanna raise my children like my parents raised me. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I never had was affection, um, and not in the safe sense. Yeah. You know, never from my mom. Um, it was always some verbal backlash for little things. Yeah. Never a positive word. And if it was a word, it wasn't explained if I didn't understand it. Um, but my affection actually was learned through church mm-hmm. and I really wasn't a church goer we were forced to go to church as kids it's like y'all getting out of here Sunday mm-hmm. don't come back <laughs> until the light street lights come on like, we don't even want to see you. <laughs> they gave us a couple of dollars because back then you know we either would go to church or we would go to the movies yeah and our thing was the movies are skating right so oh yeah we would go to the movies and spend all day in the movie theater because you only had to hop pay around, a dollar. Only, yep, and then you hop around to the movie theater, right? Because I right, girl, we would go one, one movie. We watched movies all day. It was like watching a, a TV all day, you know. Yeah. But that's what we did. I I can't tell you how many times I've seen Superman, Batman, any anything with the end with man on it. I didn't watch that. I love that. <laughs> so. Uh, when you say we, are you talking like you and your brothers? Me, my brothers, my cousins. I mean, basically, we were all brothers and sisters. Yeah, that's how I know you guys be now. Yeah. What What was life like? So you you moved with your mom, mm-hmm. and that was super tough. So then, what was life like when your brothers came into the picture? Like Uncle Steve, Uncle Danny, at that point came into the picture. Well, uh, well, this time, uh, instead of my mama marrying an older man, she married a younger man. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was 25, he was 19. So he was he what? was a kid. <laughs> my stepdad was a child when oh, they married. And uh, basically, she groomed him <laughs> and trained him on how to be what he needed to be to take care of the family. Yeah, um, She got him jobs, she did it all. And then when my uh, brother came, Stephen came, it was like having a doll. So I kind of, I put all my love and affection in my brothers. Yeah. I took care of them because they were all I had, you know, to, to take away all the pain that I was feeling. I put love into them. So that's really where you started to learn. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Basically. I mean, um, uh, I can say you know, that my grandmother really was my beginning. Yeah. Because I watched her love on other people. Mm-hmm. People would come, and I'd say children, because my grandmother took care of everybody's kids. Yeah. So they, there was kids that was coming to us with no shoes, 
maybe no shirt, whatever. Don't know where they came from and don't know where they went when they left. She would give them baths, put clean clothes on them, give them shoes, and feed them. Yeah. You know, they might be at our house for two or three days. But when they left, she gave them everything she had to give, you know. And I've watched that over the years. So, watching that gave me something to give. And and then church kind of stepped in. But only reason why church actually stepped in, because... I took time to actually listen. Even as a kid, I was like, I don't know what y'all talking about, but yeah. you know, hey, I just watched people hug each other, which something we didn't have. So he was like, I'm going to try that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wanted I it. it. It looked like something I wanted. So I went for it. Well, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So brothers, brothers came into the picture. Mm-hmm. I know as an adult watching grandma with, Uncle Steven, Uncle Danny, compared to you, like, that's very different. What did that look like when you guys were kids? Ooh, that was, that was hard. It was very hard because um, my mom comes from a background of um, women who love their boys more than their daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a weird jealousy thing or something. It, it, you know? it was. Yeah. It was. and But it happens to a lot of women mm-hmm. uh, and their daughters because then there becomes this battle for what... I, to be honest, I never understood it. Um, I had nobody to compete with. Yeah. So I never understood the disconnect between us. Yeah. But the disconnect came along in the beginning. I think women... For a long time, because of the struggle between men, men and women, mm-hmm. you know, in the workplace, in the home, just mm-hmm. gender roles and all of that, like they had to put so much emphasis on looking young and feeling young and like you to know, keep what they have. It, yeah, because yeah. men did want younger women. They yeah. At, at one point, you know, grandma was the younger woman, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I definitely see that playing a role in all of this uh, yeah. a small role but I see that playing a role she still I still feel that from her sometimes um, you know when we're when we're around her I still yeah. feel that you so I remember you telling me a story um, and if you don't want to dig into this we don't have to but I remember you telling me a story about when you were younger uh, being molested by one of your uncles and your mom not really being she was really in just complete denial do you you feel like talking about that um well my uncle which which would be my youngest he would be the youngest he was the baby of their family Mm -hmm. now my uncle maybe have been like somewhere between 12 and 13 years old when you know puberty is like it, it is highest height in a man. how old were you at the time? I was, I think I was like two or three. Yeah. Maybe. And basically everything he was doing was like an experiment. It was always uh, let's play a game. You know. So you tell a kid to play a game they do it with joy. Like they don't understand that it's not a game until it became the dangerous game. Yeah. You know, and, um, 
when I told my mom so this time when you was like when I was two years old and yeah. and kept going for a long time what yeah. at what age did you finally tell your mom I told my mom I think I was like nine wow yeah or ten but um I had a lot of saving grace in the middles. There was a lot of middles, yeah. you know. And um, he was very manipulative, very uh, dangerous mentally and, and physically. And what would happen is, now I tried to tell somebody long before then. Yeah. But everything was always, my mom always said, I trust my brother with everything. Mm-hmm. My brother would never do nothing to hurt me. Well, he probably won't do nothing to hurt you. But he's not as concerned about hurting me. Yeah. And uh, But my mom, was. she stayed in denial even after um, I, I told my aunt. I was, well, I was married and everything. And uh, I don't remember what happened. Somebody got sick mm-hmm. in our family. At this point, we were losing a lot of people Yeah, in the family. And I, and I think it was literally right after my brother passed away is when all this stuff started coming up. And uh, I told his daughter, because we got into this argument, and it just fell out of my mouth. Like, I wasn't even trying to say it. It just came out. And it froze the room, like, yeah. literally. And she just looked at me and started crying. She said, I'm sorry. Well, for you to say that I'm sorry and, and you start crying, that lets me know you knew more than you yeah. would ever say. And you've been carrying it. I think, like, this, and I appreciate you talking about this. I know, I've, I mean, I've heard you share this. You're a minister. I've mm-hmm. heard you share this story a lot. I think it's just so important for people to hear this yeah because i mean you're 56 now mm-hmm. and when we talk about children having to heal from their childhood you know like a lot of our kids are going to grow up and have to heal from you know or, or unlearn things oh. and yeah uh, but really really the things not to compare them and say that they're not as important but they a lot of our kids are never going to have to heal from something as painful and scary as this. Mm-hmm. What, at what point did you feel like it was safe for you to interact with a man in a romantic way? And, or has it ever really felt safe for you? It has never felt safe. Um, it takes a lot of mind control. I I before I turned fourteen, I was literally speechless. Like I didn't do a lot of talking. Yeah. Um, and that's where my stories came from. White man, black man, G man. I would I make up stories. <laughs> so you guys, like just uh just to intervene here for a second. So the story my mom's talking about um, the stories of the white man, the black man, and the Jew man. And she would just make up all of these stories. They would go on all these adventures. This is why I love stories, why I love movies, is because of this woman. And I tell my daughter, I make up all kind of stories for my daughter today 
about the black man, the white man, and the Jew man. And how we got more characters. Powerful, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a powerful story too because like especially for the time you grew up, like the a, a relationship between a white man and black man and a Jew man was unheard of. You know what I mean? And exactly. this was a story of unity and friendship and love despite race and culture. Mm-hmm. And they was out here wilding, y'all. I love that. Okay, I just wanted to. I just wanted to say that we'll have to talk more about those stories and like yeah. some of the stories we grew up hearing Definitely. because those are are fun, but also impactful. Yeah, all by themselves. So, so you you there was there was a time in your life when you were like early teens where you were mm-hmm. silent and yeah. you were writing and you were drawing too. I remember. I was. Um, so my my grandmother still, you know, had the same house my mom grew up in for decades and in my mom's bedroom up in the attic there was this huge mural of Betty Boop on her wall like the best drawing ever I used to love going up there just for that now that house to me is creepy there's a lot of boy who there's a lot of negative energy in that house but like in that space like there used to be just there used to be some light there yeah, I, I think that's dope. I couldn't say the same thing about it now. Like we've, I remember we broke into the house a long time ago. Yeah, we did. <laughs> to get picture albums, and the, the house was left abandoned for a really long time yeah. after, you know, some other things happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you and I, we broke in there to get albums. We uh, got the pictures. And yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, so so you had that period of your life where you were just like, I'm going to I'm going to start creating. Yeah, and I'm I'm okay with not talking right now because really you were trying to process shit and just mm-hmm. kind of deal with what was going on and figure out how to mm-hmm. how to what like maybe escape from that or. Um, part of it was escape. Um, yeah. I mean, I I spent a lot of time escaping. Yeah. And it would come out in my drawings. My stepdad actually taught me how to draw mm-hmm. with a couple of lines. And everything else became this creativity that I didn't know was in me. Um, and then, um, you know, it it went all over my walls. Yeah. <laughs> it was like paint. You just throw paint on the walls and then you figure out later whatever else is going to happen with it. But um, yeah, my music became my yeah, create creativity. I mean, all of that was my escape, every last part of it. But it was also um, this light that that opened me up because without it, it took me forever. I could sing without an audience better than I could sing with an audience. Mm-hmm. And then when I was forced to go to job corps, yeah. I met people who thought I had a voice and they was like, come on, just, just do it. But by that time I sang just because it felt good. Yeah. And, and, and it, that opened me up and that's when I, my voice actually showed up. Yeah. Yeah. So then how did you start using your voice outside of that? Well, at first it turned, it came out in anger. Yeah. It came out in anger things. Um, when I would get around certain people, I was good when I wasn't around those people and majority of them was family or people who knew my family because the, the, the life that my family lived was just, it wasn't, it wasn't fitting for a child. It, shit, it wasn't fitting for them adults. 
I I always know though. I always know when people know you from your childhood because they call you Gidget. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every that's my mom's nickname. Everybody that know knows my mom, like I could just tell at the at what version of you they knew. Right. They like Gidget. Gidget. Uh-huh. Where you been, girl? Right. That's how I know. If they say JoJo or they say Joe, like they knew her. Mm. You know. And each one of them was a different version of me, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, I had... It, it let me know um, all those different names, because I've been called some everything. <laughs> all those different names was a different person yeah. that had been hiding inside of me, just waiting to get out. And then yeah. when it got out, it was like, well, you can't put it back in now. It Might is well what it is. This. You got me now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> But I never, none of that time used my actual name. Like from the age of, uh, oh my God, my my family never called me Josetta, ever. Like, is that because you think that was because like it was just well, nicknames really was a um, difficult name. Like I feel, yeah, I feel like all of our family has nicknames. But mm-hmm. as far as you. Do you feel like you chose not to use your name for any specific reason? Well, I, I it wasn't me in the beginning because in the beginning, once you got a nickname, it was just it was like name. it was your name. Yeah. You know, you you even knew yourself by that name. And uh, for a long time, I didn't even know. I mean, I knew my name is Josetta. I've written it down. I've said it to myself. I I knew who I was or what my name was, but I did not know that 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 name was a person. Yeah. You know, I was I was lost at that point. Gidget was the only person I knew. And I didn't know nobody that didn't know me by that. Yeah. From in my childhood. So I knew you if if you ever out with me <laughs> and somebody called me, that's a childhood person. Yeah. That that person comes from my childhood. Yeah. And uh by the time I was fourteen and fifteen, then I knew my name because in school, I mean, hey. You're Josetta in school, so I had a life in school that was so far from my life at home. Yeah. Like, it was night and day. People would talk to me and say, oh, my God, I didn't even know that that was you. Like, uh, whatever, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It is me. Thank you. (laughs) I think names are powerful, though. Names are powerful. I remember the first time I learned your name. Remember, we we were living at Parvin. Uh Uh-huh. And I had to be like you know, maybe eight mm-hmm. at this time. And I don't know. I think I read something or you were on the phone and I overheard it. And I was just like, no, yes, you were on the phone mm-hmm. and I overheard the conversation. And I'm like, who are they talking about? Like, cause I was just like, her name is mama. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's so funny though. I was, I was like, you have a name. Like, I remember, like, I, I still feel the feeling I felt. I was like, oh, my gosh, she has a name. Like, I have a name, too. Like, we have something in common. And then I found out your middle name was Marie. And I was like, oh, does my middle name <laughs> And then I found out we had the last What's name. It? And I was like, oh, my God. Look at us. We got the same last name. Yeah, yes, we do. Why? Because I, I, I know, like, so there's three of us. I'm the youngest of three. Uh-huh. And we all have different dads. But Mm -hmm. my brother, he had his dad's last name. My sister had her dad's last name. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you give me my dad's last name? I was awake 
Mm, this third time it's a charm. You just like I know. <laughs> I was away now. <laughs> now, and I'm gonna say that I would have never, ever, ever done it had I not been awake, and I mean literally awake because. Yeah. Uh, when I oh, had, like, I was up. I, I was up. Yes. Because <laughs> a lot of so times when out. my son was born, uh, I was not awake. Yeah. Uh, my family took it upon themselves to write my son's name down on a uh, on the birth certificate. Yeah. And back then, you know, they put their little footprints on the birth certificate. And my mom wrote out my son's name. Now, I had the name on a piece of paper. But like I said, I wasn't awake. Yeah. And when I woke up, she said, oh, look, look, look. And I'm like, what's that? And she was like, this is the baby's birth certificate. I'm like, that wasn't the name that I actually was going to pick. Yeah. Now. Which I, is funny now because they, they didn't even let nobody else touch the birth certificate when I had Naomi. You're right. That you don't even get to see that. That's something that goes in like, the records. I, I got to, but like they wouldn't let anybody else touch it. It would have yeah. to be me or her father. Yeah, whoever and signing. Me and her father. Yeah, whoever signing. Yeah. Um, back then, uh, since the dad wasn't present and my mom was, mm. they let her. Yeah. Sign the paper, and she put him on the birth certificate. But she didn't have any other information, so only his name goes on the birth certificate, yeah. which I don't like. You know, I would rather all the information be on there. Right. Um, and that's just the way it was. I mean, by the time uh, I woke up, we already had printed paper with birth certificate. The only thing I had to do was sign my name, and so I'm high at this right. point. <laughs> you know, I'm like... <laughs> Uh, I'm not even for sure. I wrote my own name on. <laughs> it's probably misspelled and everything. We're gonna have to look like at that. who is this person? <laughs> oh my gosh! And then uh, when Dominique came along, which is the second child, um, she came so fast it was a little difficult, you know. So I was out for I was in so much pain, like I just didn't. She was actually born on my oldest brother's birthday right. <laughs> so they have the same birthday you so warning you can't bake a cake and have a baby at the same time oh, shit. <laughs> i was stuck in the oven for about 45 minutes oh, i couldn't God. move <laughs> and now, i didn't even now i didn't even realize i was having contractions because i had been having them like actual the, like like ready to birth kind of contractions. yeah they yeah. were coming and and it, she was already ready to come but the doctors at that time wouldn't do anything, so they sent me back home. Oh, because they was like, this is not her due date. Yeah. I'm like, it don't matter what the due date is. This baby's coming. And uh, my grandmother, she's delivered folks' babies so much. I mean, I, I just knew I was going to have this baby at home. Yeah. So uh, I had these red pants on. And this baby literally split the pants, like I had a little hole in them, but it wasn't big enough to split. And she broke through. Oh my! She was God. like, "I'm out. <laughs> I'm out here. I'm out this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> out. 
I'm in the I, world. What you gonna do? A, I'm out here in these streets. Don't play with me. <laughs> oh my god, I never knew Dominique's origin story. I yes. it, it's fitting. For and and my now sister. the the crazy thing she is, just be, she's like, I'm just doing whatever I want to do. Right, just free, just free. <laughs> Hell yeah. And um, she, you could see her head, but over her head, my sack hadn't broke. My oh water my hadn't even broke yet. Yeah. And my grandmother said, oh, my God. I was like, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, I'm thinking it's the worst, yeah. okay? I said, what's wrong, mama? She was like, she's going to be able to see some things that nobody's going to be able to see. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I thought she was about to tell me something. Can we just take it out now? Girl. <laughs> I didn't even crazy? make it to like, the hospital good. is so, um, oh, what did they call that? Great grandma, you know, you break the mirror, the mirror shaft. Like if you break superstitious, superstitious. yeah, yeah. Family, very superstitious. And I even like you talking about generations later. I still be like, do not split the pole. <laughs> do not split the. Pole. I don't even care. I will go. I will split the pole. And everybody will stop and come back around the pole. And like, what are we doing here? Like, Why did you go left? You know, you're supposed to go right. You seen everybody going right. <laughs> It's crazy, but, but it, it doesn't. That stuff is powerful when you believe it, in it. Yeah, and that's the key when you believe in yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you, my grandmother was so superstitious. Like if a mirror broke, you got ten years bad luck. Yeah. If you swept over her feet, she was spitting on brooms. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Yeah. You know, it would disgust me every time. Like I have this gag reflex, and every time she was doing like, ooh, you, you gotta get it like deep in. There. Right. So I can't. I'm one of the people that can't stand to see people spit. Yeah. And immediately I'm like, oh God. I'm like, I don't even want to hear it in your mouth. Right. Everything plays a part in my head. Yeah. And the functions are not real good. (laughs) So it just, but yeah. And then by the time you came along, I was determined. He's like, I'm going to be up. I'm doing everything. I don't touch nothing. Don't look at nothing. So your dad was like, I'm here. He didn't want anybody else in there but him. His sisters wanted to be there, everything. And you know how religious his sisters are. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know any better then. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah, okay, come on. Everybody can come. Who cares? I'm just having a baby, you know. Yeah. And he was like, no. So we get in the room. They sent me home the first time, probably like five hours ahead five hours before you were born Mm -hmm. and they kept telling me oh babies are never due on the uh, on the day that we say well it turns out they were and you came on that day you know so uh we did it and he was like what we naming her he said let's name her tiffany that's the only thing i gave him oh I, I said, you don't get nothing like, else. Why? Why Tiffany? Like, everything else was perfect. I was like, why Tiffany? But, you know, I love my name now. Like, I have, like, everything happens for us. Yeah, I truly believe it does. That everything happens for us because, like, I have such a powerful name. But uh, you know what, girl? If you had it been named Shaquisha or oh Bombkish, I, I would have. Girl, ago. I would have changed it for you. We ain't even get ready to do that. <laughs> No, uh, no, ma'am. But it no. didn't fit me either. So, and uh, but yes. you, you were Tiffany. That's for sure. The whole time, like, oh yeah, that she's Tiffany. Yeah, okay, we got it. Cause some people, 
don't fit their names and some people do some people create themselves as their who they are yeah. you know and you was that creative person you yeah. know now all of you guys are creative I, I can't take none of that from you um but i took my son's name because some young man I met years ago, I thought yeah. his name was amazing. So I was like, oh, one day I'm going to name my son Demetrius. Why? Well, I didn't take time to study and see what that name meant, yeah. which I should have did for all of y'all. But as I said, I was awake. <laughs> like, okay, we got this. Yes. Yeah. And uh, just like we did with Naomi when yeah. before Naomi was born, we we went through all the names, we Remember studied I was the names. Name like Hazel, though, so I didn't after know, my grandmother. Like, I I hadn't settled on a name, and I didn't decide on her name until after she was born. But I remember I was like, okay, I, I yes, I was like. Either I'm going to name her Hazel. Mm-hmm. I love that name. Which funny because she came out and I mean she had blue eyes when she was born, but her her eyes are hazel now. Yeah. Um. But so I was going to name her Hazel, or I was going to name her Tiffany the second, and those were the options. See, <laughs> I was so dumb with that though. I was like, hey, hold, 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 wait, wait a minute. Like, These are the options. But we did discuss Naomi. I remember we was yep, in Crown Naomi, Center. I was like, they was just like Naomi from the Bible. I was like, bitch, Naomi Campbell. Like y'all don't know who Naomi Campbell is. <laughs> but we had so she many Naomi's. We had Naomi Watts. Naomi we had Naomi Watts, Campbell. The actress who I also and loved, of course and... Naomi was in the Bible, but I didn't even. But Naomi, Naomi no, like in the Bible, like really I don't even, I don't even fuck with Naomi in the Bible. Like she ain't even cool. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, it's a real shit. Like she ain't even cool. She was approved. Like I don't oh, know. Oh man, she went through some stuff though. She did. You gotta give it, but that well, ain't why we named her. Stuff. I don't. I want, I'm not naming her after no struggle. <laughs> Success Naomi is the key. Naomi Campbell was. Success. Naomi Campbell, like for me, like she was dope, right? Paving, right. paving ways for black women but especially for black models like she was key in her industry without yeah. Naomi Campbell there would have been yeah. no Tyra Banks or any absolutely anyone, right like any, yeah like, I mean we I mean it's quite possible that we would have just in 2021 been getting to a place where um you know black models and black actresses and, and that sort of thing mm-hmm. were you know reaching their height of popularity like I don't know but like Naomi Campbell, like she, she the shit. She still the shit. Like you, yeah. Even at her age, she is the bomb. She's fly. But then too, you looked at her a lot because of yeah. you know your desire to model and yeah. do the things that you did. And so. she was, she was a dark skinned black woman. You seen yourself. I see myself in yeah. her. And there was always that thing, you know, like oh, you're pretty for a, a dark skinned girl. <laughs> Because yeah. you can't just be pretty. But yeah, I mean? why, like, what's wrong with that? Pretty to be a dark-skinned girl. And, you know, honestly, too, like, now that I mentioned that, you know, my daughter, she's light-skinned, you know, pretty eyes, like, all the things that, like, when I was younger and I didn't know no better, I was like, mm-hmm. that's what I want to look like because yeah. that was what was popular. Like, you being this light-skinned girl and, you know, you having pretty eyes and good hair and all that kind of stuff. And like my my daughter is literally that. So she's she is now, that. You know what's crazy. odd though when you think about it. And I, I think about this sometimes. Uh, all my children were born just as pale and <laughs> no color to themselves, not even in their eyes. Every child was born with gray eyes, and it took months before you guys' eyes changed. Yeah. Now Demetrius' eyes stayed. 
for years and then they they started as he got older they started to darken up but the same thing happened to me so when you get um it it starts to change like your things change now i don't know why they do but they do and but naomi has her uncle's eyes yeah remember she had like blue eyes for like five years oh yeah finally started to change and sometimes they would change they all, the would, time. all the time, like we like change green. Like we would wake up the next day and they would be a different color, and we'd be like, oh, just fascinated. Right. But like I, you know, what I was saying was, you know, like Naomi, like when I was growing up, she's what I wanted to look like. Exactly. And I never thought that she would ever have to deal with somebody being like, oh, you know, you're, you're not... cute for a black girl. Right. But this little boy told her the other day. He was like. um, he was like, "Oh no, no, I don't like you. You're black. I, I don't, I don't date black girls." And I was like, "I, I had, I had to sit down on the inside, like Georgette, said. I had to sit <laughs> right. down on the inside, because I, it, it took me a moment to like calm the fuck down, because I was yeah. super pissed. But you know, that's one of the things about being a mom. Like we also being a parent in general. Like we learn lessons through the things that our kids go through as oh, well. Yeah, definitely, you know, and that's why I think it's like so important staying open to learn. Like I'm a forever student, yeah. you know, and I I see that in you and and I'm seeing that in Naomi too. Like mm-hmm. when we we have very open conversation about you know all of these things. Mm-hmm. To go back, though, um, just kind of, like, backtrack to our conversation about your mom and, you know, your struggles um, as a child and growing up and dealing with molestation. I I remember you, I remember the first time you, I ever heard you tell that story. And I don't remember, I want to say I heard you tell it for the first time at church. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I remember, like, that changed me forever. Mm-hmm. I was like, I I think I, in a, in a in an attempt to protect you in some weird way, I was mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't, I'm going to keep men at a distance. Like, I also don't like that shit. I also mm-hmm. don't, like, I was like, you don't get to come here because if you come over here, then, like, you might hurt my mom and I don't like that mm-hmm. and like I know I've carried that for a really long time yeah. it's something that I've had to deal with in therapy like mm-hmm. I absorbed that you know and it wasn't mine to take on right you know and I I didn't know that and I think mm-hmm. our, our children do that often not and that's not to say that we shouldn't tell our kids things because I think our kids deserve to know things especially mm-hmm. things like this um, because it's important for us to let our kids know, like, hey, you can come to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's my job to protect you. Right. Um, come to me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's important. But, you know, as a kid, like, you don't really know how to process those things unless yeah. someone guides you to those things. And I think for mm-hmm. you, you were still processing that. Oh, I was. Yeah. I, I def- it, it was so, it was still so fresh, like. For years, I had nightmares. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't, I, I didn't sleep. Like, I would be up, you guys be in bed at 8.30, I'd still be up at 1 o'clock, get up at 5, and, and relive life all over again. Yeah. And repeat it every day. Because I could not rest because the demons in my head 
were living in my dreams. Yeah. You know, and I, and I fought it every day of the week. Uh, now, and, and even as a child, um, man, those demons was real fresh. Like, yeah. Um, so where, just out of curiosity, like what, what did your stepdad say? Cause I know like your dad wasn't in your life and I want to talk about that a little bit too in a moment, mm-hmm. but what did your stepdad say? Did you, did you ever tell him? Did you ever like tell him? Did you ever tell I your, never did fin- your mom ever tell him? No. Did you ever tell your brothers? I know they were younger at the time. No. I was so busy trying to protect my brothers because not only was uh, I being molested, but the boys in our family were being molested as well. Mm. And a lot of it, even though I confronted them with things, um, I I also had to fight. Yeah. You know, so like I said, I, I never slept. So when people was creeping, I was awake. Yeah. And so I was the person, the reason why I fought so much is because I was the person protecting them. Yeah. You know, when you get, you know, when, when parents send their children to everybody's house to be babysat by Mm -hmm. them or whatever, you don't know what's going on in that house. Even with the kids, like back then we used to play a game called house. Yeah. I remember house. You know, and, uh. I didn't care for house very much. Yeah. I, I didn't want to live in the house. I didn't want to go in the house. I didn't want to cook in the house. <laughs> so, uh, and they would get mad at me because I didn't want to play house. Yeah. But I had this anxiety that I didn't understand up until I became older. Yeah. And, um, and how, so, how much older though? Was that like, Oh a, my God, I was, was in, like, way in my thirties. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't understand. Cause I, I carried that anxiety every single day. Like, Um, Were you at a point where, you know, like in your 30s when you finally were like, okay, I'm starting to see what's happening? Was that really when you felt like, okay, now I can start actually dealing with it and facing it? it? Or was it just like, okay, now I can acknowledge that it exists, but I am not yet in in a position to deal with it? I'm going to tell you when I I first realized, and I, I think I was in, to be honest, I think I was still in my 20s. Because that's when I met Danny. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I never really experienced the type of love that he introduced to us. Yeah. Never even knew what that looked like. But I was going through a severe mental situation dealing with that, trying to protect you all. Uh, and I had become overly protective because... In my mind, I all I could think about was if anybody tell me they've been touched by, I don't care if they say they took the little finger and put it on your forehead. I'm killing them. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how serious I was about yeah. it and no, how yeah, scared it was the, the, the feeling of the fear that I carry with me everywhere. Yeah. And I think I think we got to a point where like we even we just stopped asking to go to people's house. We were just like, she's yeah, going to say no. Like, no. like Naomi says that to her friends now because I tell her the same thing. I'm like, we if I don't know the parents and I haven't ha- had a chance to spend time with them, to be at their house, know how they live and that sort of shit. Like, you're not I going over I used to think that like, too. I'm like, you can, we do play dates. Like, we do all that stuff. Yeah. But you're not going over there to spend a night. Yeah. I, I don't know um, even with kids being in the room with the door closed, I I, I had this. Mm, I just yeah, I to like even to this too. day, yeah. if, if 
What you need? It, it could be from? adults. <laughs> we could be having fun, and it could be adult point, and all the kids move to the next room, and when that the kids' voice stop in my ears, I stop. Yeah. Like, okay, where are the kids at? I automatically go there because this is where I was in my life. And I know the silence. Yeah. You know, people like, oh, it's just, you hear that? If, when I hear silence, I panic. Yeah, you're like, what? Well, I go straight to wherever they are. Like, what What you doing? I swing the door open like the world's coming to an end. How are you, like, how are you right now? You know, you're, you're 56. You just had mm-hmm. a birthday. How are you right now, this version of you, how are you healing from that? Well... Or, or, you know, working to get through it, really. Um, I have been healing from it for quite a while. And this is not a healing that, that just happens and then, oh, I'm healed and it's all good. Mm-hmm. No, that, that thing continues and continues because um, anytime it comes back up, um, I tend to mentally relive and but I know now how to close it off like I didn't used to know that and I know now I can just say that was yesterday I don't live there anymore yeah so today not Gidget anymore yeah and I noticed that I don't use that name yeah even when I'm around my family I would prefer never to be called Gidget, but if they do, I know I'm with family. Yeah. So, because I, I used to close myself off and mentally move myself to something else. Like, I literally would be somewhere else. Yeah. So, I had a lot of people living in my head and protecting what only they could protect. Because yeah. I had no protection as a child. You remember that scene in um, The Color Purple when um, Sophia says, you're not safe in a household of men? Mm-hmm. You felt that? Oh, honey. That whole movie was life for me. Yeah, I remember you talking about that a lot. I I have been reading the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Mm-hmm. And he works a lot with patients who are dealing with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, just he, he just digs into how your body holds trauma, which is why, like, when we think of, you know, certain memories, like, we feel that, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's really living proof because, I, you know, yeah. like, just a few minutes ago, I was just like, I remember finding out your name, and I feel it, like, I feel it now, mm-hmm. like, how excited I felt to know that, like, we had the same middle and last name and that I just knew you had a first name in general. And like, I just felt that same feeling in my body Mm -hmm. and like just knowing that our body is holding Mm -hmm. all of our traumas as well. Like, yes, we have all this this exciting energy and, and all of that just Mm -hmm. flowing inside. But we also have this heavy pain and trauma Mm -hmm. flooding our body and wouldn't that be crazy like if we could see what that looked like like we just inside your body when it happens 
And maybe we can't. Because maybe that's, there, it's it really... Like that's what the health issues... Yeah, but into. you know, there's studies on that. So yeah. you, you really can see it. It has been proven yeah. that any trauma can be seen in your body when it's happening. Any any shift in energy, especially yeah. like mentally, I've, I've definitely seen. And, and in this book as well, like, you know, brain scans of how... Um, you know, like when you're excited or when you're angry or when you are dealing with PTSD and you kind of go back to a memory, yeah, you you feel like you're in that moment again. It shows how your brain just looked mm-hmm. when you were in that moment at that time, yeah. you know, maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago, whenever mm-hmm. that was. And like, that is one of those, you know, I think for me, there's some things in my life when I'm reading this book, I finally got to the point where I could acknowledge some things mm-hmm. and I'm just getting to a point where I can then start processing it. But when I started reading this book, I was like, okay, now I see what has been happening. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you feel like, um, cause like I know you to mm-hmm. how I describe you as, you know, because this is just how I've always known you as an alpha woman you know, mm-hmm. a smart, funny, goofy, but like badass for me, for your kids, the mm-hmm. ride or die, you know, like this is how I describe you. How do you see yourself? Um, I don't know if I use alpha, but I, I'd say alpha probably would be, a, you a know, good... just and when I say alpha, I don't mean like, you know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Right? You know, even though I, I mean, have broad I mean, shoulders. <laughs> leadership like you raised us to like yeah. we we moved as a unit like you literally yes. taught us to be a team mm-hmm. and move accordingly right mm-hmm. and I think that shows up for all of us in all of our lives yeah with all of our families as well how mm-hmm. we were raised in that sense and and so yeah you know how, I'm glad y'all got something that? out of being raised by me <laughs> I don't know if I would even consider it raised either. Like I would, I would say, because we grew up together. It wasn't a, I was a kid. You guys were kids. Uh, I remember saying that um, I needed, I needed a child. And this, I was probably 15 years old Mm -hmm. because I felt like only people that could love me were people that knew me. Yeah. Right. Well, I didn't really want to have kids but I didn't even protect myself back then because mentally and emotionally and all the things that girls who have went through so much trauma without any sign of being loved in the right ways tend to deal with things yeah and we tend to do things that we think feel good in the moment but a part of us knows like we're we're practicing some self sabotage. You know what I mean? Like we're well, doing shit. I didn't I didn't know to... I didn't know nothing about self sabotage back then. Right. Like you may not have been able to identify it with that particular Yeah. Word or phrase, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh I would I don't know, I would describe myself as now. I am the ride or die. If you know me, you know I'm going to stick with you through whatever. Long yeah. as you're right 
and it's real. You know, don't yeah. come to me with no crazy stuff because I'm going to let you know right then that ain't happening. Yeah. You know, I, I know I used to tell you all the time, I will follow you to the end as long as you be telling me and honest, mm-hmm. you know, because what we can't do is go in with a lie. You know, we can't win that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm here. I'm here for my family. Now I'm family number one. I'm I'm for family no matter what the case is, you know, and I, at all the stuff we've all been through. Um, and then my friends, what friends I have, because I can count them on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I am a loner. That that is for sure. I've by, always been by, a loner. Do you feel like that's by choice, or do you feel like that is just kind of the way things tend to work for me? It's always been the kind of the way things worked out because there were people who come in my life and I've never changed how I befriend a person. Yeah. Um, I give my heart to people and it doesn't matter. I mean, if I find trust, I give my whole heart. Yeah. You know, I'm not a, I'm not that person saying, I'm going I'm to tr- see how you're going to do right here. Yeah. If you don't do right, I'm, I'm going to kick you to the curb. But once you kill that, it's hard for me to go back in. You know, I can forgive you, but I can forgive you over here in the back. Yeah. And and I can deal with you. I can see you every day. But I learned those lessons through the trauma that I was going through. Because remember, I had to see my uncle. Yeah. At every family function. My body trembled, but I was still present. Yeah. You know, but and I learned that. Um, we didn't have a relationship really. And what little bit of a relationship we did had, I, I, I tried to make that relationship work. I really did because that was my family. But at the same time, there was a part of me that hated the ground the man walked on. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you no matter what. I, it does not matter. I'm I'm here. Do you, you know. feel like you've forgiven him? Like, even though he's passed now and all that kind of stuff, do you feel like you've forgiven what he's done and that you've let go of that? Or you feel I, like I, I know I've let go because I'm going to tell you how I know. Um, the pain that I used to feel, um, and it, a lot of that was uh, displaced as well. Like, mm-hmm. I would put it here and move it over here, you know, just so I could protect myself. But now, because um, there was a time I, I couldn't verbally talk about, yeah, you know, without the breakdown, yeah, emotionally or um, any type of emotion. All emotions came up, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, not just with him. Um, even because, like I said, I sexually this there wasn't something I wanted to experience. I didn't yeah. care for it. Um, because of the violence that I've went through, um, when I lost my virginity, it was, uh, a force. It wasn't, you know, I was raped. That's how I lost my virginity. But, um, and it, it just, I felt like it just kept happening over and over. Things kept happening and I didn't know how to stop it. I was mm. trying to live my best life. And at the same time, I was shut off. Like I, I was, it was a closed door. I couldn't pass certain places and certain things in my mind or certain yeah. things were happening. I couldn't get past those. 
So uh, now I, th I don't think about it. Like I sleep well now. Yeah. You know, so it's like I said, I didn't sleep because those demons follow me everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I could be at home with my mom and my stepdad. Those demons would invade my sleep every night as a kid. Yeah. I could be at my grandmother's house. Same. No matter what. But um, there was things that happened that I learned about myself even in that process. So I have always been learning about number one, me, and about how to to walk on the earth. Yeah. And uh, for a long time, it sounds like you were in survival mode for oh i was for years i was yeah i was because there was no other way for me i didn't know any other way when do you feel like you shift from you know just surviving to finally living um after i divorced mm. <laughs> hey that's something hell yeah after i divorced yeah um things was... began to bro I, I divorced 2013 uh, when was it? January, February, 2013. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was a freedom I've never experienced in my whole entire life, even though I was mourning at the same time. I was mourning my brother. I was mourning the loss of, uh, that relationship, that marriage. Um, I didn't understand it at first. I thought my mourning was only because of my brother, but at yeah. the same time, I had to learn that I was mourning also divorce. And a lot of people don't know that when they divorce, they, they try to celebrate whatever. That's still a form of mourning. I don't care how you look at it. And when like I you're still there's still gonna be a period of grief. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I definitely know women who have gotten divorced and like it, it you know, they felt like okay, it's like huge relief and they can breathe. But there's uh, still there's number one, there's you're grieving what you hoped that relationship could be, oh, right? What you thought you built at the same time. Yes, absolutely. And then secondly, you're grieving that person. Like, you you had this person in your life all of the time. Mm -hmm. And, and he could have been an love. abuser. Yeah. It's still going to be a grief. Yeah. And you're still going to tell yourself, hey, I, this, this was, I want him back or I want to do this. And you think you can do that, but all oh, the lesson I learned in that, when I tell you that man was the best teacher I ever had, Lord <laughs> help us Jesus. Okay. <laughs> oh Lord. It's like, thank you. Appreciate back to, back you. To, back to that. You know, everything happens for us, even when we don't yeah. realize it, you know, even that divorce, right. That yeah. especially that divorce and that's yeah. yeah we're gonna have to talk about that more because honey uh, yeah that's a ooh, that was a mm. my first encounter ever with a narcissist i was just like what is wrong with this girl man? and that's when i learned about the word narcissist didn't even yeah. know the word existed mm -hmm. up until i met that man yeah. but the girl the stories and the stuff it's a blessing because not everybody gets out girl yeah. not everybody gets out with their mind yeah because i thought i lost mine there for a moment because I was like, hold up, that's that's not me, that's him. So I was projecting, you know, so I was like, ah, oh, no. Then I found, I was saying things, and it was him, and then it, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for 
sharing with me and digging deep. We got we got deep real quick. <laughs> I, I tend to be a deep I know person. This is, yes, I know this is like our conversations, so I'm not I'm not super surprised, but um, yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, so now I'm going to share the meme of the day, which actually and mm-hmm. unintentionally aligns very well with what we were talking about. <clears throat> And it's a uh, it's an Instagram pro- post that was shared by um, or that that was written by Stephen Porges. It's S T E P H E N P O R G E S, and um, the name of the page is at Trauma and Somatics. But the so the post says intimacy requires a state in which t- touch in proximity do not trigger defense mm. wow that's strong <laughs> that one you gotta breathe with intimacy requires a state in which touch and proximity do not trigger defense I need oxygen with that one okay, mm. Mm. okay. damn <laughs> right that's a damn moment <laughs> that's real though it is but I talk to so many people, not just women, so many people who feel like they don't have a safe space, that they are, um, that the touch does trigger that feeling, that need to defend themselves, right? Like it's, at that point, they, they hit survival mode in a sense. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, they instead of, you know, going into fight or flight, they freeze. Yeah. And and that I and I can say that because I know what that feels like. And so if I'm just speaking for myself, like I know exactly what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of times freezing looked like just doing whatever mm-hmm. somebody else wanted from me. Yeah. Because I didn't know like what else to do. I was like, "This is." I didn't know I could say no. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's why I fucking love, you know, women with voice, women willing to speak out, because like without seeing that, a lot of women, a lot of girls would be so afraid to to come out and. Advocate for themselves and say like, mm-hmm. "This is not right." I'm right. saying no. You know, like we're teaching our kids like, yeah. when you want to say yes, say yes. When it's right, say yes. Right. Yeah. When you feel safe, say yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's not just you know with sex, right? That's anything. Right. That's anything. But when you when it doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. say no yeah. and mean it. Say no without joking or smiling or yeah. laughing and just like, and even, no, even I'm if you okay. have to say no to the top of your lungs, you say no. You say no. Yeah. 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 So it's a scary space, mm-hmm. but only you can do it. And, you, and you'll be proud of yourself yeah. when you do. You know, you'll be like, "Yeah, I did the right thing." But we teach, we teach people that they can't say no. Yeah. Just like we teach people any other thing how we relate to a person a lot of kids don't know that they can't say no mm-hmm. that's how um, you got so many children who are being raped and molested yeah you know 
Yeah. If you don't teach them, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. I know, that was strong, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll come together again for another combo. We I make I make no promises that it will not be <laughs> another, <laughs> another, another one of these. <laughs> Um, they tend to be quite often. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you again, and thank you everyone for listening in. Um, if you have any comments or questions, um, anything like that, uh, yeah, comment on the post. Let us know what yeah. you're thinking. We answer uh, all questions. Yeah, we do. And we appreciate you for being here and listening to us. You guys have a beautiful fucking week. And I will speak to you next time.